Welcome to the Sustock Podcast. I'm Jasumar Rocky. Football season continues to roll on, but don't forget the NBA and the NHL are closing in on their season conclusions. Today we're going to be talking some hockey this week with the Stanley Cup Final here, and it's here to stay. But most importantly, I want to talk some New York Islanders, and I know the right person to go to for this. This man's fandom for this team should never be questioned. He used to work numerous out. He and I used to work numerous Islander broadcasts for WRHU, and I am so proud to consider him one of my closest friends. Joining me today is Dan Hansen. Dan, thank you so much for popping in for this show. Oh, it's it's my pleasure, and I'm happy to do it after updating you on the Seahawks score live last night while you were walking back to your train. Uh, that, that was a good time, even though you, know, you may have scared some folks by screaming in the New York City streets, but the Seahawks got the dub. The, the location was around 6th to 5th Avenue. 47th street it was like this row of like areas where uh, i think it was like mostly jewelry stores and it was like dead at night i'm pretty sure i yelled an expletive or curse word on my way past the halal stand it was it was magical well as long as you're uh, as long as you made it home and didn't get arrested that's good. getting arrested for being too loud which is distinct possibility that is that's very much possible no but we're here that was a great game by the way and i would love to talk about that on some other time but i still need to process everything i still can't get over the final play of that game i keep rewatching it because it's just amazing what happens and how they managed to stop cam but we're not I, Pete carroll got away with it i'm going to justify that some other time but anyway let's let's just talk we're here to talk some new york islanders um this this season has been especially magical it's been one of the i don't arguably one of the more significant islander seasons i've that we've ever seen and even though they got eliminated and the stanley cup final is the lightning taking on the dallas stars which as of recording is 1-0 dallas um so kind of just really back a little bit so when the season started, what were your expectations for this Islander team? Uh, honestly, my expectations were pretty much met. I I knew that you know they uh, they made great strides last year in eighteen nineteen by winning against Pittsburgh, and then obviously they got swept by Carolina. Um, so what I was hoping for, and what ended up being delivered, was I was hoping for um, a step up from that win the second round, get to the conference final. And then like, you know, whatever happens there, um, you know, just whatever happens, happens. And unfortunately it went the wrong way, but even so it's, you know, this team once again, made another great step. They, they showed that, um, you know, even when they had difficulty scoring, they could lock it down defensively and, uh, you know, just take that, uh, that next step uh, to the, uh, the next round of the playoffs. So, uh, that, that's that's pretty much what I thought, you know, with, with this team this year, and uh, they they delivered, and now it's got to go even a step further next year. It's kind of a dynamic change because this is a team that last year was being run, was being run by a new head coach in Barry Trotz, who just coming off of a year where he won a Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals, and then you're under the front office ma- management leadership of one Lou Lamarillo who has had a patent history of rebuilding teams in his, on his resume. But is it, 
how much of like a, of the culture did you notice changed around the aisles the moment those two guys stepped in? Yeah, I mean, some of them were noticeable immediately um, with the changed jersey numbers that Lou likes to do, where he has the pretty much the numbers only one through thirty for the younger guys, and you know, for more of the established guys, if they have uh, you know higher jersey numbers, they can keep them. But there was that. There was the you know the New York Yankees appearance where everybody had to be shaved and you know well kept quote unquote um and just just overall uh you know the the and also when you're on when you go on site to go report they have the uh or actually even when you're just like going to watch warm-ups if you're a fan you know you, you come out by the tunnel and there's the uh the uh, like the black tunnel where you can't see inside of it the players come out and also it's the same thing when they go into the locker room so the the uh, the change really you know has been there it is evident and um and ultimately what Lou is doing and what he has done just throughout his career with the Devils the Leafs and now the Islanders it's just establishing that that winning mentality that you know all business you know no uh you know no no BS kind of attitude and um and I think I think at this point if if you can't accept it you know you're just you're just blatantly ignorant to it. Lou Amarillo is a winner. Like he is a, he is a proven winner and he will do anything it takes, you know, to, to get to that, that winning, uh, that winning style. And he has his ways. They're, I guess, you know, largely unorthodox compared to the other teams now, but he has his ways and they have worked. So yeah, it's, um, the culture has definitely, definitely changed and it's been for the better. What impressed you most about their playoff run? Because when I when I saw this team and I saw not only this this is a team that was very physical, it, they really locked it down on defense, as you said. And Varlamov and Grice had nights where they were just the hottest goalie that you've seen across the rest of the playoffs. And do you think what was like what aspect about this team that really impressed you the most? The, the part that impressed me the most before some of the injuries set in in the conference final was the fact that Barry Trotz was able to ro- roll his four lines and just can keep it consistently as a well-oiled machine. You had the first line with Barzell, Lee, and, <clears throat> and Everly, excuse me. And you had Beauvillier, you had, you had uh, Brock um, and Bailey, and they were sensational. And then, of course, you got guys like Pajot, Broussard, and, of course, the, the uh, you know, Leo Komarov, and then the fourth line, Zizekas Martin and Clutterbuck. And, you know, Trotz was able to roll them out each time. They were getting scoring from everybody. Uh, They were defensive when they had to be. Of course, on defense, having Adam Pellick was enormous because they they lost him in, I believe it was February, I want to say it was, when he went down. And he was supposed to be out for the rest of the season. But then, of course, the pause allowed him the chance to come back. And just the fact that they were, again, you know, able to lock down on D with him, uh, you know, Ryan Pulak had had uh, you know some pretty good defensive play as well, uh, as well as that big slap shot here and there. But they were they just uh, they played their style of hockey, and you know when Semyon Varlamov wasn't wasn't being you know his his good self in the playoffs when he had like his couple of off games, you know they turned to Thomas Grice, who you know as we can all expect at this point, he's going to be a free agent. He's going to walk. He's not going to be with the team next year because of the Ilya Sorokin situation, which again. Thomas Grice is an absolute professional. He knew he was very aware of the situation that he was uh, about to be in as a pending UFA and now Sorokin signed. But 
when Barlamov wasn't being his usual self in the playoffs, Grice was able to step in and, you know, honestly, I, I believe they don't win game seven against Philadelphia if he's uh, not in goal because uh, he was just he stepped in and he he handled the business well. So they 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 just played their game until, unfortunately, you know, some injuries set in and Tampa, honestly, uh, you know, just the kind of firepower Tampa has, even without Stamkos um, and point for a couple of games as well. Uh, I, you know, it just deemed a little too much, but you know, this team, this team, uh, has a lot of good, uh, good expectations and just a lot of, uh, what's the word optimism, I, I would say by the fan base for the first time and what seems to be since the eighties and you know, forget 93 because, you know, that was, they kind of just snuck into the playoffs that year. I think, um, you know, really, really for the first time since probably the early eighties, like there's real championship aspirations and that's exciting for the fan base what i love about this team was I, there's like no definite superstar on this team like they're not led by a guy like mcdavid they're not led by crosby ovechkin and you can make the argument make the case that that's really bar barzell's role to take and when you look at this team and you mentioned that they went four lines deep and this is a team that consistently relied on all their def all their defensive pairings do you think that who needs to step up for them to really make that next level? Well, I guess before the playoffs, you would say Beauvillier, but Beauvillier was phenomenal in the first, uh, first couple of rounds for sure. He was, he was good as well. Um, like not as good, but still, still pretty decent in the Tampa series. But um, I would say I wanted to see a little more from Devon Taves on the back end. Uh, he had some mistakes here and there, you know, icing the puck. Uh, I, I'd like to see him kind of stabilize his game a little bit more, but you know, he, he was able to find a couple of goals as well in, in the, uh, in the postseason as well as one in the exhibition game against the Rangers. I remember, um, I'd like, you know, I'd like, I'd like to see a little more from him. I'd like to see the first line just in general, like develop that, that consistency. Cause they were phenomenal in the Philadelphia series, but they went a little cold in, in when they, uh, play, uh, faced the lightning, so, you know, just in general, I'd like to see, I'd definitely like to see more consistently from Jordan Everly because he had about, and, it, you know, it wasn't even that he was having a bad go at it because he was getting the chances for sure. He just couldn't, he had like 50 chances and he just couldn't bury it until, you know, he uh, found the back of the net a couple of time, times against Tampa Bay. But, you know, that, that first line, I'd, I'd like to see just more consistency in general from Lee, from Everly, and, uh, and you know, Barzell to, you know, try and, uh, I guess limit the turn the turnovers a tad because he had a couple of uh, questionable decisions on that power play against Tampa in Game Six. But again, the pieces are there. It's just uh, maybe adding like one more sniper, maybe a guy like Mike Hoffman or Taylor Hall, and uh, just seeing what you can do, uh, you know, going into next year. That is a big question, dude. Because I looked at the the top five notable free agents that are going to be available. For this upcoming offseason, you mentioned Mike Hoffman. They also got, I believe, Denonov's mm -hmm. also available too. I think he'll be on the market. Taylor Hall's yeah. going to be on the market. Denonov, Denonov, I think, is also going to be there mm -hmm. too. Um, yeah. Not only Taylor Hall's potentially on the market as well. Uh, keep in mind, I was just looking at the uh, the contract situation for Dallas. They do need to get a deal done with Barzell and yes, and Taves, and even. Pollock as well. Yep. Pollock, Pollock. Yes. I, I... Yeah, they're, they're all RFAs. Um, again, 
Lou Amarillo's GM, I, I wouldn't worry about any of the three of those guys at all. Like they'll all be Islanders next year for sure. And for a, a while to come, I, I would, I would at least suspect, um, you, know, you look at some of the UFAs, I think, I, I mean, obviously Grice is going to go, go, he's going to be, uh, uh, I mean, he can maybe be a starter somewhere still. You, you don't know, um, but he'll he'll definitely get time. He's a he's a nice hand to have. Nice. nice I mean, hand. I can see him maybe going to like you know Buffalo or I was I was originally thinking Montreal, but until the Canadians acquired uh, Jake Allen from St. Louis, I, you know that went out the window. But Grice will definitely yeah, get a contract weird. somewhere for sure. He will. Uh, you know, he's definitely reliable to have uh, on your on your NHL roster. Um, but again, you know, as far as their cap situation, they have a tricky one because Andrew Ladd, of course, has that that big contract, uh, and he has a no trade clause. So it's you know it, he would have to waive it. I, I would assume if, if they were to do anything about that. But for the for the immediate future, he's still in the books. So there's you know there's that predicament they have, um, and, and of course. Uh, I th- you, know, you have Broussard, who's a UFA. You have Martin, who's a UFA. You have Green, who's a UFA. Uh, am, I, am I missing anybody? No, that's pretty much all of them. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I'm, I think Green's gone. I don't know about Broussard. Well, yeah, but I, I would feel like Martin I think Green, Green will probably go. I mean, I can maybe, maybe, maybe see them signing him to a one-year deal, uh, on like you know, like a minimum, essentially. No, nah, maybe not a minimum. Like you know, maybe like a a million or a million and a half. Um, but like you looked at the way Noah Dobson played in that game six against Tampa and he was very, very poised out there. He was very, you know, he was playing his style of hockey. He playing the Islander way. So you would assume he would crack the, uh, the uh, defensive, you know, defensive roster next year on, on the Islanders, um, which, you know, green was uh, filling in for during the playoffs because Boychuk went down uh, but then they elected to go 7D when Boychuk came back, so you put Dobson there as well. But no, he played well. But I, I can definitely see Green going. I was I was only under the assumption he'd be a rental anyways for this year. Um, I would assume Broussard goes too, especially if they're trying to make a run at another sniper. Um, and and personally, I, I just I Matt Martin, I don't believe he's going anywhere. I think he'll be, gets you know get signed for sure. Like. I don't think he's going to any that that that's someone, especially for that fourth line that has Clutterbuck and Sezikis, which really was important. Because like I feel like people underrate this like the checking lines though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like you're screwed if you have like only the three lines and then your checking lines just basically there for hitting. But like these guys like Clutterbuck had moments where they even stuck him at at some point as in the line one mm-hmm. when they needed to cover for somebody, which was I, I I think everybody was making a gigantic deal over. It's like, wait, Clutterbuck's line one now? Wait, what's happening? The Islanders, they have, um, I wouldn't say it's an Achilles heel, but it definitely throws things off a bit when just one guy on that fourth line is, is gone. Because you know, there was the game where Clutterbuck went down in, I believe it was the Pan? No, it was the Capital Series, I want to say, um, where he was out. He had a he had a small issue, and then Ross came in, I believe. Um, so they you know they were sometimes they can just substitute, but but again, like for the Tampa series when Sezikis went down, he had the detached retina that ended up being what that injury was. Oh God! Yeah, not not great. Um, you know when it, when he gets when he gets uh, when when someone like that gets taken out of the lineup, it, you know it shuffles everything around, and it's uh you know it's it can be hard to figure out like what the next move is, but you know again. 
Islander fans have the fortunate uh, situation where Barry Trotz is the coach of this team. So uh, I think, again, like I said about Lou before, if you can't trust Barry Trotz managing the roster, like I'm I'm telling you, you're never going to be happy. So I was, you know, I was going to go into talking about some of the top notable free agents there. Do you see the potential of them? I mean, you like, you have them penciling and trying to fill in like another sniper, someone like a Taylor Hall or a Mike Hoffman. Yeah. Do you see them adding another, like a top line defensive? Cause uh, Pete Fernangelo is on the market. Yeah. Petrangelo is, uh, I saw that talks with uh, St. Louis broke down uh, and he's going to be, he's going to test the uh, <clears throat> free agency market. Personally, I don't think that they're going to, the Islanders are going to try and get like a top defenseman or you know, someone like Petrangelo as you know, star set of a defenseman. Um, just because, like, I, I personally believe their defense right now is is still good enough to get it done. Obviously, you got to limit some of the errors, like some of the the unnecessary icings and and just delay games and things like that. But I I just think they um, they're in a position where they already play well defensively enough that you just need to you know bolster up your offense a bit. So I don't I don't think a guy like I mean having Alex Petrangelo on your team is certainly not a bad thing for sure uh, from a talent standpoint the guy is a Stanley Cup champion he was captain of the Blues for um uh, since 2016 and you know he's always been you know a good player but I think at this point the Islanders need to worry about improving their offense as opposed to their defense and kind of just like finally just like wrapping up on just talking Isles which yeah. is so after this season, after for the future, do you think that is it basically just Stanley Cup or bust, or is it just more like we have more years of really just like continuous playoff runs, or are you just kind of denying, like not believing into that whole mentality of like Cup or bust? Well, I mean, like this team in two years has managed to go from the expectations of basement dwellers to, oh my God, we're two wins away from the Stanley Cup final. So, you know, it, there's not really there's not really anywhere else to go at this point than to go to the Cup final. So, I don't want to say it's Stanley Cup or bust, but, like, that's, that's the next step. You know, they got to the conference final. They're, they made it to game six, and you score one goal and you win one game, you're in the Stanley Cup final, you know? So, it's, um, it's, it's a process for sure, but you know, Barry Trotz was able to do it in Washington in his, let's say, one, two, fourth season there to get to the Stanley Cup final. So who knows? Maybe the Islanders will be ahead of schedule on that one. Yeah, it's very exciting times. And not only just exciting for the Islanders, but also for the people who work their broadcast too. Because you had the experience of working the broadcast, playoff broadcast for the New York Islanders radio network based in WRHU, our alma mater, Hofstra University. And just because you were there in the trenches with everybody, what was it like working in the broadcast <laughs> during the pandemic? It was friggin' wild. Um, so July 27th, two days before they had the exhibition game versus the Rangers, um, I, I went over there to, first of all, just congratulations to Grant Francis for truly doing an unbelievable job as radio producer, just phenomenal. Um, but it's funny because the exhibition game in the, the Florida Panthers series, the qualifying round, uh, <laughs> hardly even involved him as far as, you know, the, uh, the actual broadcasts because 
he wasn't, uh, you know, Grant uh, was a little under the weather that week. Thankfully, thank God it wasn't COVID, but because he was a little under the weather, he couldn't come in and do the broadcasts at first. So he uh, he ended up doing updates from his house. You know, he would send me the updates and, and that would be it. Um, but but essentially, yeah, July 27th, I came in to, to you know, do some of the IP tests with the uh, the arena in Toronto. Um and uh, you know, just kind of make sure everything was uh, was going to be good to go. And you know, two days later, uh, we had like a little, we had a little bit of some growing pains with the Ranger game, just because it was all new stuff. We had to record the like the interviews from the uh, the NHL World feed, which was um, which was actually pretty good. But like you know, that that first night it was just a little chaotic during post game. But uh, Kanger and Greg. Uh, they ended up having like their setup in the mixing studio between Studio North, which supplies the non-commercial feed, and Studio North, which is the commercial feed that goes to ESPN. Uh, so they they were in between the two studios. They had their two monitors that had the, one had the clock, one had the sound effects. Uh, so they were essentially like you know when you connect to the arena, um, you know you you have it on your on the uh, your audio board is you know whatever Comrex it is, but the um, the arena is for us essentially was literally 10 feet away from us because you know, they're not, they're not actually in Toronto or Edmonton for this. They're you know 10 feet to the right of us. So we would take their feed, put it over the air and uh, you know, just kind of just do it, do it as normal as we could. And again, obviously there were things we had to you know shuffle around, but, but everybody that worked those broadcasts, um, just did such a truly excellent job and it was something 23 games later that you know I'll never forget uh and I was happy to to help you know help out with considering how understaffed they were at first and just the travel restrictions and all that kind of government stuff so um but yeah it was it was um it was a lot of fun and you know like my season got cut short my, my game ops I was, I was with uh, Islanders game ops uh, this season. And when that got cut short in March, it sucked that that's how the season ended. So this was for me, a nice way of like being able to kind of finish it um, and see what the future holds next. It didn't feel good to be back. Cause you were like manning the board over at studio South. Like, did it feel good to be back? Yeah, it was great. It was so much fun. Um, it was fun to, you know, bust John Mullins balls a bit, you know, to get me the logs. Uh, <laughs> which I, I would always do back in the day. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun hanging out with Kinger, Greg, uh, Corey Wright, uh, who also works for the Islanders. He writes for our, their uh, their team website. He would he does the pregame shows with Greg. So that was nice to see him. And, of course, working with people like uh, Kenny Conrad, Tony Puglisi, Max Sacco, Antonio Grillo came in and helped out a bit. Obviously, Grant, uh, so many others. It was just uh, truly truly a, a wonderful time uh, it's something i'll certainly never forget uh just because it was uh <laughs> yeah that was, that was uh essentially a life for almost two months just doing these broadcasts and it was uh it was it was a great time it's kind of surreal because like when when i saw the the, vi- the videos that the wrhu sports like social media accounts have been putting out for with like a cam view of like kinger and uh greg calling the the final calls and also the overtime like goals as well it was just it was really it was just surreal it was really like the way that they kind of stepped up in terms of the setup was just like as someone who as an alum i was just like i'm so proud of this i'm so happy that they have like 
they're able to do this kind of setup and like the social media their social media game was pretty fire too and i really it was just great seeing kinger's like reaction as he's just kind of like yell forget, forget kinger how about greg greg jumped out of his chair oh yeah no he did that for the Everly goal right yeah <laughs> yeah so like that was amazing like i i'm so positive like you know how like most of the most color commentators like they would definitely be cheering with as at the same time as the as the goals be as like his, the play-by-play yeah, guys being called like that happens like um Detroit, I, Mickey Redmond. Mickey Redmond does that all the time on the Red Wings TV broadcasts. Yeah, so like Greg was just trying to contain his excitement. Like he was, <laughs> I knew, like you could tell in his face that he wanted to just yell, like "Let's go!" something like that. He really wanted Greg, to at yell. At one point, like Greg, uh, at one point, like apparently uh, Antonio and I were like were cheering so loud in the the other in Studio South, like even though it's soundproof walls, you, you can't hear what's going on. But apparently, we were so loud. Um, that Greg actually like texted us to like you know just celebrate a little quieter, um, but it, you know you it, it broke didn't go sound barriers. Look at you, you broke the sound barrier. It was just funny. Um, but yeah, he's like, can you celebrate a little quieter? I'm like, yeah, yeah I got you. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> that was it was just so great, and yeah, like you see, fun. I think seeing like someone who's calling like an amazing like game. And you see them having like the the goal call of their lifetimes, just like because who's ever going to get the opportunity to call like multiple overtime game winning goals, advancing to play, like series after series, like to like you know into the Eastern Conference Finals, like stuff like that. Like it's like my, my only wish, my only wish was that it was extended another week and a half or two weeks. Yeah, Matt imagine the call that like Kinger would have made if he was, if it was like to the Stanley cup, I, I think, um, I, I would love to see the, like the video reaction of that too. Hopefully, hopefully next year we'll get that chance. Yeah. And I, again, like the way that I was just happy, just like seeing, cause we've both seen like the new studios and everything. And it, I, it was just like, so good to just see everything. And the, the people, not only you, but like the student, like the students that work there currently just they just been killing it man and it's just yeah. so great i'm so it makes me every day i see like stuff like this and especially i'm just like man i'm just so proud i went to this university i'm so proud i worked for this radio station and i got to learn and from professionals it professionals and residents and also from john mullen and everybody and getting to work with like legitimate professionals and awesome people like kinger and greg like and most importantly, like just hanging out and like being with like fellow students who are also like there with you as well. Like I, I, I my excitement cannot be contained even more than this, you know? Yeah. No, it was, again, it was, it was, uh, it was fun doing those games with those, uh, those people for the, for, you know, for, it seemed like a little, a while um, at times because but it's only realistically been like a month and a half so it was, it was a lot of fun um and uh i mean hopefully hopefully we'll never do anything like this again because hopefully people can go to games at some point when it's safe to do so and we won't have to do bubbles but you know um for what the nhl was able to put together and 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 do it was it's been a tremendous success on, on their part but um obviously if we have to you know go down that road again they will just to make sure everything's okay but um hopefully hopefully that won't be the case hopefully everybody's you know not sick and 
everything like that, and we can actually go to games again, which I've been sorely missing. But we, uh, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it when it's the right time to do so medically. Yeah. Speaking speaking of that, like I I I find can we just like take a second to commend the NHL for the way that they were handling testing and yeah. consistently yeah. week by week we keep getting the same statement from the league that nobody tested positive for covid everybody complied with the rules and you never heard a peep from them like no players are being dumb like or blatantly dumb with like breaking protocols because you could say you could say the same thing with the nfl right now because they i think they've only had one positive test in like three weeks right yeah, like, that's amazing. Like, I think, like, th- that's the thing. Like, people doubted... And they're not in a bubble. They're going city to city. Yeah, and people doubted this because of the fact that, like, there's so many people. How can you keep it... Take How can you uh, make keep everyone accountable with that many people on your team? The NHL, every single... Like, there's, like, 20... How many roster... How many players are on the roster during the playoffs? Like, 25? Like, how many? Because, like, there's a lot I, more... I forget, lot... The, I forget the actual, the actual number, but... Um, you know, they, like they obviously have their main, their main roster that plays the game, but they have some of their depth guys. And obviously, he's, like Sorokin counted as one of the guys that was on that bubble roster, um, even though he wasn't eligible to play. So, but yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So, like, you had to take into account those guys, the the coaching staff, training staff, head coach, like everybody. You have to take into account every team, single yeah, person. PR team, you know, t- team PR. That's another one. Yeah, yeah. No, well, wait. Were their team PR like present, like in Toronto? Oh yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, they were all there. Oh, okay. That's yeah. awesome. So you're taking into account all of this, an entire organization, and you had like at least how many? Like twenty-four different teams at some point, like twelve in each city, and you have to take into account all these people. Like that's that's impressive. And and if the NFL can keep this going, and I hope they can. Like that. That's... Oh wait, you're talking. You're talking about the NFL. Are you talking about the NFL or the NHL? No, 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 no. I'm. am t- saying that if the NHL can do it, like and the NFL yes. can do the same, even though it's on a yeah. much grander scale because of just the roster size in general and the number of people you have to take into account. Like, but, but no, you know, sorry. But you know, like that's that's what I mean. Like it, it's that in itself is impressive. I love the way that they did the pre presented the games as well. I talked, I think I talked a little bit about that with uh, Joe, like a month ago, like Joe Barone, at yeah. least a month ago when, when I wanted to talk some Rangers with them. And we, I loved the way that they did everything. Like the priest, the, the led screens, like it was so yeah. good. The social, their social, no, it, looks, it looks, it looks really good. Yeah. It almost felt like you didn't need the fans there, but like, well, it, but you know we do want to have people, real people, in the stands eventually. But Dallas is already having viewing parties at the at the American Airlines Center, which I don't agree with personally. I, but like they're doing it. I mean, do it as long as they're complying with the rules. If they they can they can do it. But I think the most important thing I want to highlight though is as a PR person. Yet I think we we can, we can, we have to give respect to the NHL for their social media game during this. During the playoffs, do you remember no. the one where um they liter they had literally four fans in the stands and they just oh, pushed... yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I I lost it <laughs> four like four you know like industrial fans not like not human beings like fans like actual that, like blowing your face air. <laughs> yes like, I uh, no that was that was funny I I, I appreciated that it's yeah. like uh at WrestleMania this year when. 
they said, you know, there was one fan in the building and it was the ceiling fan, the PC in Orlando. Oh, yeah. I mean, they also did that too. Like the beginning of it, they said live attendance, zero. They literally just had it on the board, a big fat zero. And they were proud of that. (laughs) Hockey Um, hockey has an underrated like PR, like social media game. It's, it's actually pretty fascinating and funny to see. No, they do. They do. But by the way, you're aware, um, like, you know how in the NFL, they're basically going to like, they're flying out to the game essentially. And then like playing the game and then just going back. Yeah. Do, do you know what the 49ers are doing right now? They're basically staying here, right? Well, yeah. Cause they, they're, they're at MetLife next week against the giants. Cause they played the jets yesterday here at MetLife. Um, and then after that, they play Philly in Philly, but they, um, apparently from what i what i uh, read and heard they they like booked uh, like they booked like a resort at this this place in west virginia and they're just like staying here until like this all kind of until like their road slate you know kind of blows over because there's no reason to go back to san francisco just to come back here i mean do whatever you can it's like i mean also like that's good for them because like now they're they're gonna be they're they're internal clock is going to be well adjusted and i think they're going to just gotta have a good next two games but i mean just just going back to this whole thing like i i i just can't i can't even be, be amazed at just how well like the nhl was running their their playoffs um i got to see so many awesome things including learning how savage the uh hurricanes um social media game is yeah what are they doing like they, they keep rooting for teams like i have no idea what <laughs> this is about they're like rooting for the islanders last series and now they're they hate, for Dallas. They hate the lightning, apparently. They don't like the lightning. But, but why are they... Like, like why? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they doing? Like, I I, I saw, like, they, they put up one of those polls, like, hey, fans, like, who should we root for this series? And, you know, there was one of those Twitter vote things, and everybody said Dallas, so, like, now their logo is, like, a green version of the Hurricanes logo. Come to our games! As they... Oh, my God. I noticed that too, but did because I'm pretty sure they troll. They were trolling the the lightning too. Like I'm pretty sure they mocked their statement last year, which like you remember that what the lightning put out last year after they lost to the Blue Jackets, right? Yeah. I... Oh. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure like they like were making fun of that. I mean, this whole NHL playoffs season has been incredible, and also well, learned the. The most incredible thing about it right now, and like um, from the, from an Islander standpoint, their season literally lasted 366 days because they their first preseason, preseason game was September 16th, 2019, in Philadelphia. And uh, Kinger actually mentioned to me the uh, Would you like to know the goal scorers that night? What were the goal scorers? Could you get try and guess one of them? Like I. I don't think you, you can maybe get one of them, but the I other two, like, no way. I feel like it, one of them had, it's like, it's a preseason. So I feel like Kunhockle. Good guess, but no, it wasn't him. Uh, no Dobson. No, you got one more guess. Okay. Then... Uh, Josh Hosang. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the goal scorers that night, Thomas Hickey, you know, okay. he played some games this year, but he was mostly, uh, in Bridgeport because of the, uh, you know, like he just didn't really crack the opening night roster because Dobson just played so well in the preseason. So Thomas Hickey's one of them. Lucas Spiza. 
Wow. Remember him? I remember you know, he, him. Uh, he played like you know a few games for the team over over a couple of years, but well, actually more so like one year. But anyway, so he scored, and then the last guy, like <laughs> this guy, uh, this guy Eric Brown, who was like a college hockey player from RIT, who uh, you know was just kind of giving you know giving a shot that night, uh, but he scored, and uh, then 366 days later, it's Game Six of the Eastern Conference Final. So literally lasted over a year. And now Tampa and, and Dallas literally have played over a year and, and then some, like a week and, and change, you know, almost. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's wrap up this podcast by simply just asking, because like, I know that you, I, I know, I don't, I'm pretty invested into this Stanley Cup final just because of there's so much potential possibility of like either team. I would be, I would not be angry if either team like won. So, and nobody really should be unless you're like rooting for one of those teams and like you want to make sure that the other team didn't win something like that. But, you know, Dallas, they've had strife. Their coach got fired. We were talking about this last night. Their Montgomery yeah. got fired or resigned because of like personal he issues. He had like alcohol abuse issues or something, I believe. Yeah, that's what the report I said. Hope, hope he's uh, hope he's doing better with that first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. And they were having like some of their fans and some of the like the media over there was were going after Ben and Sagan, and they were kind of just like, "When are you guys going to deliver? When are you guys gonna do something, something to that regard?" But like that Dallas team has so many like young guys that are, they could rely on, like that really stepped yeah. up this year, like Hiskinen, Hiskinen, Klingberg, uh, John Klingberg. Oh, Klingberg. Yeah, I mean, what? Oh, I thought oh Klingberg. That's how he's pronounced. Yeah, Klingberg. Klingberg. Uh, Lindell is over there as well. Hudobin is having like the year of his life right now because Bishop's out. Um, I would also, again, from an Islander standpoint, it would be nice to see both uh, Blake Como and Rick Bonus get Stanley Cups because Blake Como was on the Islanders for a few years back in the day, and Rick Bonus was uh, on the coaching staff at one point. So, would be nice uh, in that regard. I, I, I mean, like, I, I really, I'll be honest, I didn't watch Game One because. I was watching the Mets play Atlanta because the Mets are sort of in a playoff race right now, and we'll two and a half, baby. Yeah, two. They got to go seven and zero, oh, and I think uh, I saw a tweet from Heyman this morning. Like the the Brewers, I think the Reds and somebody else has to like go uh, sub five hundred for the last little bit, and the Mets have to go seven and zero, oh, and then they're in. So you know, yeah, easy work, obviously. It's Just like... go seven and oh. <laughs> it's pretty easy. The point is, I was watching that. I, I I didn't really watch. I didn't watch Game One the other night. I was. I was also playing my sister in Uno, so that was good. Yeah, yeah. Uno takes priority over everything. But what about the like the Lightning too? Have like a nice stake as well because remember as as we mentioned, like they got embarrassed by the Blue Jackets last year. They beat the they Blue did. Jackets in one of the most grueling playoff series you'll ever see. They beat the Boston Bruins. They beat the Islanders, and this is a team I feel like is really on the same track. And this is a, kind of feels like a whole redemption year. Like they're really trying to prove. Oh, for sure. Yeah, this is a team that five years ago was made, kind of like showed up and made themselves known as contenders for years to come. When they went to the finals, and they yes, they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks, but that's a dynasty. That was a dynasty team. So I don't yeah. blame them for losing that year because they were they weren't ready for the for the moment yet. But this nah. now feels like a team of destiny. No, now they have to win this. Like they, um, I don't, I don't know if they, they're going to because I, 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 personally just like Dallas. I just, uh, I like what they've done. 
But, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, Tampa can turn it on at any moment. We, we know that. So, um, especially, I mean, I, I don't know if uh, I saw a report that from Cooper, he was talking about Stamkos the other day. I don't know if he's ready. Um, I mean, I, I just, I don't know regarding that aspect, but we'll see if, if they can get him in the lineup, that would be monumental in itself. But let me see, actually, I'm, I'm curious. Let me see what's the latest on him. But um, I think, but I yeah, think they I mean, said yeah. that, I think they said that Stamkos right now, as of recording this is yeah, like, he, he's been practicing, but yeah, he, it's Chris Johnston on Twitter. Uh, two hours ago, Steven Stamkos has taken part in the lightning skate before game two. So we'll see. I What I also read was that he's not exactly like, he didn't look like in complete game shape, but he looked pretty sluggish, which, you know, I don't blame it. Cause like, if you've been out for that long, like, of course you're going to be sluggish, but just, yeah. just to kind of tie a bow around this whole podcast. What do you, who do you think is going to win the Stanley cup final, even though Dallas is up one, nothing Dallas and six Dallas and six. You think the lightning get two? Yeah. Damn, I think that this I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm so happy right now as I feel like as sports fans we're blessed with this because we have football back hockey playoff hockey <laughs> well, hey hold on a minute don't, don't you dare say I am blessed because football is back no I, I said I said we I said we not I I said no, 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 we no, no, no. Don't, you, don't you dare include me in this weed <laughs> weed package the Jets the Jets lost to the 49ers junior varsity team yesterday 31-6 <laughs> Dare. Oh, because like again, the Islanders season is finished. The Mets will probably miss the playoffs, and then all I have until the NBA and the NHL both come back is the Jets. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what you, you can always pick up. Season. You can always pick up soccer or a cornhole cornhole league. Or oh, something. actually, that's, that's right. I actually am a soccer fan now because when soccer was the first sport to come back, I uh, uh, my you know a couple of my friends made me be a Chelsea fan. So I I I technically like Chelsea even though I don't know anybody on the team. Uh, just know that they have the best American on the team. I know that. I, I forget what his name is. Christian Pololosic. Pololosic. Sure. I I I am honestly. I know giving... I know they call him Captain America. That's the only thing. <laughs> That's great. I, I, all right, Dan. Um, before just to wrap up, let the people know how they can reach out to you on social media and what you have been up to. Uh, so, uh, I guess on Twitter, it's at Savant Sports. S A V A N T S P O R T S. And on Instagram at Hansonator three two nine H A N S O N A T O R three two nine, and yeah, as far as what I've been up to, I mean, the, the uh, given the scarcity of the job market right now with the whole lovely pandemic we're ha- we're uh, experiencing, uh, things haven't been too <laughs> too happening. But uh, again, it was nice to be be a part of those twenty three playoff games for the Islanders, which was. Definitely not only gave me something to do, but just uh, kind of just be involved, which was a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the future each day. Still trying to refine on some skills here and there while I got some downtime. So it's been nice. And uh, other than that, just playing a lot of Uno. <laughs> Uno over and hopefully, everything. Hopefully, hopefully managing a winning fantasy football team this week. Yeah, well, you and me both. I wish I wish for that too. So everybody, that's gonna do it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Do not forget to follow this podcast on Spotify as well as anchor.fm. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.